What's in a name? What's in a name? We began a Bible study yesterday that we will continue on this day. I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of 2 Kings in chapter 5. While you do so, I would love to hear from some of you. At times, I'll receive texts from faithful listeners telling me where they are listening from. Maybe you'd like to do so today yourself. You can text me. I'll give you the number in just a moment, but I'd love to hear what radio station next time that station identification, station ID comes on. Remember it in case it's unfamiliar to you for some reason, if you're a new listener to this radio program. But text me the city and state where you listen from. I'd love to hear from so many I haven't done an inventory as of late, but we have approached listeners in almost all 50 states and multiple countries outside of the continental United States. I'd love to hear from you. Here's that phone number. Are you ready? 309-316-7240. Ready? Once again, it's 309-316. One six seven two four zero. Again, just text the city, the state, the radio station that you listen on. I'd love to hear from so many of you today. Now, to get a jump on this Bible study, we'll need to jump in momentarily. Second Kings in chapter number five. Before we do that, though, and while you finish turning there. Let me encourage you. Let's use gospel tracks. Let's use gospel tracks, all of us. I mentioned yesterday talking to a sheriff's deputy while waiting on a burger, two burgers to be precise, at a a place called In-N-Out in California. If you don't know In-N-Out, then you have to go sometime. They're slowly spreading across the West, and they're not sponsoring today's broadcast. I'm just reminiscing and rejoicing in the opportunity I had recently to be out west and enjoy. I don't know how many times I went. It wasn't too many times. It wasn't an obscene amount of burgers I ate, but I certainly enjoyed them. But there was a sheriff's deputy that was waiting on his food at the exact same time I was, and I handed him a gospel tract. Let me encourage you today to look for opportunities. Don't skirt Don't uh, push off. Don't procrastinate. Be on the lookout precisely for an opportunity to confront someone about their eternal soul. 2 Kings chapter 5. The topic today, what's in a name? What's in a name? What's in the name McCurry, for instance? You see, that's my last name. McCurry. Well, it sounds a little Scottish-Irish, doesn't it? McCurry. But there's more to it than just the ethnic heritage, the uh, verbiage, the, the land where that name may hail from. You see, if you just go back one or two generations to a man named Christopher Todd McCurry. Chris McCurry, as he's now known That's my father. But I'd like you to imagine, don't think of the Chris McCurry that you may have seen on an interview I did with him some months or well over a year ago. 
man just about as tall as I am, maybe half an inch taller these days, bald-headed, broad-shouldered. Don't think of that man. Think of Chris McCurry, kind of a reddish tint to his hair as a 10-year-old boy or thereabouts. Can't recall the precise age when this occurred, but this is a story that my father doesn't speak about often. My dad isn't one that I would call especially jovial, but he's also not overbalanced and constantly morbid or sober or somber. He is a balanced individual for the most part, and but I recall the reserve, the little bit of, if you will, soberness as he recounted this story, this anecdote. It's something I knew, but my dad doesn't talk about often. See, Chris McCurry didn't always bear the last name McCurry. There was a time, before he was even a teenager, that he sat in a courtroom next to his mother. Of course, the judge there in front with the black robes and all of those things and all the pomp and circumstance. There weren't many other people in the courtroom that day. But besides the bailiff, there was at least one other, uh, a male, a person, a man, if we can call him that, out of sake of kindness. A man that sat on the other side of the courtroom. A man who, through the proceedings that day, signed away and unequivocally and unreservedly explained to the judge that he wanted nothing to do with Chris McCurry or Kelly McCurry or Colleen, but they weren't McCurry at that time. They bore another name, my dad and his two younger siblings. Those two younger, the brother and sister, they were too young to be in the courtroom that day to experience what Chris McCurry did. But Christopher Todd, he remembers well, looking across the courtroom, and insinuated in the recounting of that tale the hurt that a young boy felt to be rejected, to be disowned. For all legal guardianship and parental responsibilities to be rejected, what must that feel like? I can only imagine. Because Chris McCurry took that lesson and he became a good father. But you see, he was not a self-made man, as it were, because there was another. A man named Mike McCurry. Not Micah. That's my name. No, Mike McCurry. You see, he had a name, a good name. A good man. And through process of time, he married Miss Linda, my nana, grandma. And he volunteered. He made a choice. Though he was not blood, he asked, I'd like to adopt those children. I remember standing beside Mike McCurry's grave. I called him Pop-Up. Me and my brothers, he was Pop-Up to us. Now, Pop-Up wasn't a perfect man. 
He had faults. He had circumstances of life. He had failures, just like we all do. I still remember the scent of his garage. The racing fuel. And a few other fumes that drifted around that garage. Regardless of his foibles, his quirks, he was the man that gave my dad his name. And by extension, he gave me my name. I proudly carry the name McCurry. I remember singing by Pop-Op's graveside a song entitled Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. And to think about it now, to recall the grace that was shown to little, little Christopher Todd in sharing his name, giving his name to Chris and Kelly and Colleen, and of course to me, one of his grandkids, a family that reveres Pop-Up, gone now for many years, Mike McCurry. What's in a name? I recall, I'll paraphrase what I was told, but I recall many times while leaving the house, my, my parents didn't allow me to run wild in the streets. We were often stationed on military bases. My dad was in the army, and so the military police would have had something to say about little Micah McCurry running wild. But regardless, any time I left the house, maybe I was going to a camp, a youth activity. Maybe I was just going somewhere, going to ride my bike. I recall, almost like clockwork, my parents would say something like this. Remember, you represent the Lord. And you represent the McCurry name. Remember, you carry the name of Christ and you carry the name McCurry. What's in a name? You say, where's the Bible application in this, Brother Mike? Well, it's amazing to me, as I hope it is to you, that though you and I, history may forget us, we may be like the little maid in 2 Kings chapter 5, and we'll dive into her story just a little bit more tomorrow. I got lost in this account a bit, reminiscing. But even though you and I may be nameless, just like that little maid, I am so glad for the fact that we can carry the name of Christ. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Do you know Christian originally? That was a term not of endearment. It was a derogatory term. It was looked down upon. Oh, those Christians. And now, oh, blessed day, we get to call ourselves Christians, little Christs, people that believe in him, on him. We are people of the book, Bible-believing Christians. We carry his name. What's in a name? I'm going to ask you, if you would, to focus your mind for the next 90 seconds. You see, this little maid that we discover in 2 Kings chapter 5, she did something amazing. She was not just a little maid. She was a little maid with a mighty message. She carried a message through her master's wife to Naaman 
Verse number two of Second Kings five, and the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. But get this, she said unto her mistress, Would God my lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. We're going to dive into this tomorrow. The fact that not only did she point the way to hope, she pointed the only way to hope. Hmm. Think about that. Two people, distinctly different in their stations of life. A little slave girl, nameless. And Naaman, a mighty man of valor, had the ear of the king. And yet, who was it that was helping who? The little maid made all the difference in Naaman's life. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for allowing me to dive into my history just a little bit. I hope in some way it was a blessing to you. Have a great day for his glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188 Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.